Hi, I'm Doyle. And I'm Jordan, and I've got some things to say, and I kind of want to pick up a little bit from uh, the last episode where we kind of started the conversation talking about the podcast and sort of the things that, um, some things we've kind of intentionally avoided, particularly with regards to politics, um, and, you know, kind of what we want these conversations to be about. And it kind of went into this divergent conversation. I don't say divergent, maybe just kind of a, a you know, a, an aside conversation where we got into a little more of the details around some of those topics. Um, and of course, as most of our conversations do, kind of spawn some ideas about uh, other topics to talk about. Um, and um, we've kind of broken the ice around talking a little bit politically and I don't want to, I don't want to get into tit for tat sort of things because I don't think that that's beneficial. And I think that that's, you know, the spirit of us attempting to avoid talking about politics and political things and talking about things, not just of a political nature, but politically um, is that you fall into this um, false dichotomy that has been constructed for people to believe one way or the other about and we talked a little bit of the details around uh, why, you know, we don't really like talking about that. And it's it's really everyone, I think, it, to some degree or another, is susceptible to falling into that kind of thinking, that kind of rhetoric. And it's you have to be very intentional so that you don't. But one of the topics that came up last time that uh, definitely requires some unpacking, and I think, Doyle, you'd mentioned in the episode that, you know, you wanted to talk about this. And I 100% agree because I think that it is a fundamental issue. Um, is that around uh, education, public education, uh, certainly education generally, but also uh, a little bit of this whole, um, you know, kind of blackmail type situation that the federal government has the states in where it's almost a de facto direct control that the federal government has over the states on certain behaviors, certain things, because they they threaten to withhold Title IX funding, which is school funding, um, from the states. And the states depend upon and rely on that to a heavy degree. I mean, they're very addicted to that, that money supply. And even with that money supply, they uh, certainly... Um, I will go so far as to say mismanage those funds, uh, even even with or without those funds, they mismanage their operations, let's just say. Um, that leads into some, some serious issues, and I think that uh, that requires and, and is worthy of some unpacking. Um, I, and I think that um, there's a lot of history there that a lot of people are unaware of, of how just directly that has been a you know, sort of uh, uh, boot on the neck or gun to the head or whatever, you know, a violent sounding metaphor you want to use uh, that uh, really has been what the states have been under. Um, and But the states are no saints in this, right? They, they could stand up against it, uh, but they choose to take the easy way out and just capitulate. Um, anyway, that's kind of a preference, and that's, of course, a lot of my opinion uh, in there um, and a lot of editorializing <laughs> in the delivery, but, I mean, that's why you do a podcast. Uh, but, Doyle, I want to turn it over to you and let you have some time to really talk about your perspective on a lot of that stuff uh, and maybe some of the more specific parts of it that um, you think are worthy of mentioning and discussing. Sure. Uh, thanks for that, that setup. Um, I want to start by saying that that my entire education, uh, it, it, at least through you know elementary, uh, secondary, and, and post secondary through the the baccalaureate level, was all in the public uh, education institutions. I went to public schools all the way through. You know, I uh, didn't go to kindergarten because back then kindergarten wasn't as prevalent and certainly wasn't mandatory. Um, all the way through the 12th grade, graduated from a public high school, and then went to a state-sponsored, you know, uh, university and and got a four-year degree. Uh, and then from there, I, I did ultimately end up getting my master's degree from a private university, but that was uh, more out of convenience than, than philosophical. Um, and so I've been very uh, a strong supporter of the educational system and the quality of it for a long, long time. That has pretty significantly changed over the last several years, and, and quite frankly, I, I probably should say that my wife is is went through the public education system as as well as my two sons, and and so we're we're speaking from a position. I'm speaking from a position of of experience with the public education system. 
But one of the things that has really influenced and, and sort of uh, significantly affected and changed my perspective on the public education system, first of all, has nothing to do with the, the, the quality of the people in the system. I think the people in the educational systems, by and large, the, the, the teachers and, and the uh, administrators, especially at the local level, uh, are, uh, have good hearts and they have, they have great intentions. But I think that what you mentioned, Jordan, is you know about the the federal government getting involved through the Title IX uh, funding um, has sort of changed that whole perspective of how they operated. Um, I recall in, in my in my years in the, in the educational system that teachers uh, tended to be able to teach the material. At least that was my experience, and they adapted their teaching methods to the students. I was fortunate enough to go to a very small school where uh, all the teachers knew all the students, and all the students knew all the teachers. And you know, there's good and bad, right? I mean, if you if you mess up, you know, they know it, and and you know, there's that, that quick communication path back to your parents. Um, and that's because it was a small community-based school. Those have changed radically. And, and some of those changes were for, for good reasons for, you know, the whole integration uh, back in the 60s and the early 70s. I was uh, uh, in school during those years and, and you know, uh, was, was involved in that uh, as a student. And, and quite frankly, I think that was a good thing. I, I don't have any uh, anything bad to say about that because my experiences through the integration process were all very, very positive. And, and I think it was a great social and, and cultural and, and community uh, uh, plus when that, when that happened for, for the community that I grew up in. But what I did see, and, and it started happening, uh, well, after I, I graduated from, from high school in the 70s, uh, it started happening you know, shortly thereafter once I got out of college um, and the federal government, the influences began to be very, very uh, obvious. And the first one is my first job out of college when I graduated college was working for the local educational system on a federal grant funding. Um, and it was a, a position, uh, I'll call them drug counselor for the local high schools back in the day before they had the D.A.R.E. program. It was an attempt to begin values clarification and, and, and build, building a positive influence uh, and an influence against the use of, of drugs and exposure and education about things and some of the risks. And um, it was funding that was only available for uh, programs of that nature, and the local system took that. Well, you think, okay, that, that's a good thing. And, and it was a good thing. But what uh, you alluded to, the, the, the uh, restrictions and the control mechanisms began to start manifesting themselves over the years to the point in time where a lot of the funding uh, began to be tied to the standardized test results. And what I began to witness as a parent was the teaching methods began to change from teaching for learning to teaching for testing. And, and I think that's, that sort of uh, uh, significantly changed uh, in, a, in a not good way the, the quality and the methods of, of teaching and education through the, through the system because it then became a, a rationalization and a justification for maintaining or getting more funding rather than now, I know there are arguments that these, these tests, these standardized tests are supposed to be measures of uh, what, what, what is being learned. But, but I've, you know, my, my two sons, I, I witnessed that there were the whole series of, of, of weeks leading up to the, the standardized testing that happened throughout the schools at the same time uh, were to prepare the child for the test you know, have them get good good sleep and eat good meals and everything in preparation for the test. And those are not bad things. Those are great things. But they were, the emphasis was just around the testing time period, not across the whole the whole school year. And it became very um, flipped, in my estimation, from what it was, was all about. And I, you didn't see, I didn't see a lot of kids that were uh, learning the hunger for education. It became, you know, quote unquote, a job that they had to go to and they had to go do these things. Now, there were some that did well and, and had a hunger that was more of a natural. And I think uh, something to add, and I'll, I'll pass the baton back to you in just a moment. The, one of the things that I think that, that this caused was, uh, among other things, among, among other reasons for this, this uh, 
outcome is parents began to become less involved with their children's education because it wasn't as much, didn't appear to be as much about learning as it was about the testing and preparing for the, the, the test uh, needs. And the, you know, the teachers were, were began to be measured by their test results. So when you, uh, when you want certain behavior, you measure it and then uh, you hold people accountable to those measurements and then, and then you'll get that behavior. And I think that's what's happened. That is what has happened. And, and now that's led to uh, going to the, the next step. And that is the content controlling the content of the education, which is where I think it, it really becomes a train wreck. And uh, the, the only way in my estimation, the only way for that to be corrected is for control to be back at the lowest level. And that starts with the parents. I think the parents should have more control over the education and in the local uh, educational system, uh, such as it might be, should have more control and influence on how their children are are taught and the programs they have. And and I got it that the federal government has the money, but that money belongs to the taxpayers. That money does not belong to the government. And that's what a lot of people seem to, to forget. So, that's sort of in you know you know a thousand words or less sort of my my broad brush view of the educational system. Um, you know, Jordan, uh, what are your thoughts based on? I mean, you're in a different generation than I am, so you you have a I'm sure a slightly different perspective, maybe even a significantly different perspective. And and how do you think my perspective fits in with yours and or differs, and uh, especially the the current state. So uh, first, I want to speak a little bit about some of the things that you said, because I think you you hit on some very important points. Um, and I think uh, the, mo- the, the most deeply impactful overriding point um, is the, and this goes back to something that we talked a l- I talked a little bit about last time, and I talk about a lot, I've talked about in some of the videos that I've done over time, uh, and, and it's just, it's so, such a fundamentally important topic, and that is people responding to incentives that the teachers are given the incentive to uh, have their students do well on these exams. And so um, humans are optimizing creatures. That's literally what we do. We try to optimize everything we do and be more efficient, more efficient. And when you do that, then you become myopic about these tests and then everything revolves around these tests. And in fact, I was actually a teacher for a very short period of time uh, I taught mathematics, and it was painfully obvious to me in the extremely short period of time. We're talking scale of months, right? Uh, and during that time, it was painfully obvious to me that not just were the teachers myopically focused on preparing for tests, everyone in that system was myopically focused on the tests because of the funding that goes with it. Not just the teachers mm-hmm. keeping their jobs, but the uh, the districts are in, in, uh, incented to have their students do well so they get the funding, uh, and thus they create incentives for their teachers to have their students do well, and thus the teachers create incentives for the students to do well. And so uh, we, we get this real distortion in that way. I think another thing to call out with what you've said, and I think that this is uh, uh, almost equally important of a point, and I don't think that I've seen a lot of people speaking about this directly head on, and this is something that I think is very concerning to me, is the nature of these tests. And the, the uh, you'd mentioned that um, parents have become less interested in their children's education. And I think as a trend, I don't know that that, that is uh, in their heart, what has happened, I think what has happened is that this focus on standardized testing has created a battery of uh, uh, useless ephemera uh, in knowledge that the parents don't understand, they don't connect with, they don't know, they because they don't need to, because it's not related to real life. And thus, right. they have no connection to what it is their kids are learning. And so then by nature, they just like, well, you you can learn this and go with the experts and the experts, quote unquote, and learn that from them. I don't know it. I can't help you so that because of the nature of these testings and and the topics and and, and things that are tested on, uh, it's another th- way that uh, parents and children are getting uh, uh, pried apart from each other, whether intentionally or unintentionally. It doesn't matter. It's what's actually happening. And and, and the system too. The the the, the prying is the parents from the system, right? Sure. Because- you, right. you don't see the influence that parents used to have through PTAs. I mean, you rarely ever hear of anyone talk about a PTA anymore, except for doing the spring carnivals and fall, you know, things of that right, sort, right. but not being involved in, in the in the system directly. Um, and so the, the third thing, and I think it's the last thing I'll say about what you said before I speak a little bit more about my experience and perspective, is uh, 
this whole idea of this this Title IX funding being um, withheld from schools or used as you know a carrot, you can say, uh, although it's a little bit more than just a carrot. Um, mm-hmm is uh i don't think many people understand yeah i don't understand i don't think people understand uh just how large the scope is of what the federal government puts pressure on the states to do to get this funding because it's not just in the realm of education it's all kinds of things and one of the facts that i think uh, especially people my generation and younger i think that almost none of them know is that the federal government put pressure on the states to raise the drinking age to 21 across the country and 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 threatened them with funding for roads, funding for Title IX for schools, all this other stuff, and said that if you don't do this, you're not going to get this money. And and regardless of what you think about the drinking age, that's an irrelevant point. My my point in saying that is that they will use this the the this blackmail that they have in any way that possible the federal government will against the states to make them do anything that they want them to do and so that's mm-hmm. the real problem here is that we don't have federal a federal government we have a a unity unity government where uh the federal government just basically tells the states what's to do Here's one thing, and this is a real aside, and we can have another discussion on another time about this, but here's one aside that I think that is enheartening to me uh, where uh, this is actually getting pushed back against, and that's in um, legalization of drugs, like so like marijuana and stuff. Well, marijuana uh, is still federally illegal, but there are many states in which it is actually legal and, and sold legally. Uh, the federal government has not yet decided to clamp down on that, and I think because of – I have – suspicion on why that is because i think that if the federal government really wanted it to be illegal they would just clamp down and say you're not going to get school funding if you did this that's just what they would do because that's what they have a a history of doing so i think ultimately the federal government doesn't care and so they're just like letting things play out in the states until it gets mass acceptance and then federally it will be uh decriminalized and then subsequently uh legalized um because that's the pattern that all these things go through uh, so that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. So that that's really what you want to see uh, or you want to keep in mind if you're looking at things that are changing in society is uh, are there things that are had been illegal for a while uh, that are becoming you know accepted in some way in society and then is it becoming legal or decriminalized some meaning you just get a fine misdemeanor uh, for it and then is it further becoming legalized in the, at the state level and if it's going through that process is the federal government trying to clamp down on it by withholding this funding if not it's likely that the federal government eventually will al- allow that uh, you can also see that in things like uh, same-sex marriage. Uh, that went through the exact same process. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, like I said, that's a real aside. So uh, they, I think people really don't understand the extent to which the federal government holds the states to some degree hostage uh, on these things. Although the state, again, I'll, I'll repeat, the states are not saints in this because they have all ability right. to say, you know, go stuff the money. I'm going to, uh, uh, we're going to take care of ourselves. The thing is, mm-hmm. nobody wants to be the ones to do that because. Uh, too many voices are concerted together to ask for the handout, uh, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's hard It's hard to criticize that too much, to your last point, because that money does already belong to the states. So the real problem with all of this, this whole rigmarole, isn't the, the systems that have sprung up. Those are problems, don't get me wrong, but that's not the real problem. The real problem is this shuffling of money around the taxation, right? That's, that's the ultimate problem. But, again, you know, that's... I've talked a lot about or some about that in the past, and I'm sure I'll talk a lot about that in the future. But let me ratchet back to the topic at hand, because I think that it's it's important to to do so. Um, My experience with the school system is very much of the nature. So um, to reiterate my background and and just because I think that it's pertinent to understand this information, I was a decent i was a good student uh i was i was a very good student and i i didn't hate school but i didn't love school um there was a lot about it that i did hate right i hated the like prison type nature of it that i really felt like that i just couldn't i wasn't living life i was just doing what whatever and i I, not only that i felt so restricted because the things that i did love about school and learning about especially like mathematics i was so uh held back in that desire to learn and i i wanted to i wanted to learn it all right now and 
very likely I had the capacity to do that. I know I'm rare in that, uh, but there I, I'm not uncommon in the people who have the capacity to want to just sponge it all in and, and learn it uh, that are held back because of this, you know, lockstep. You have to go with people your same age. Well, there's a practice. There's a practice, and I won't call it a principle because I, I and maybe it is a principle that that uh, basically contributes strongly to that, and that is they teach to the average. Sure. Right. Well, that goes, that goes to the to the metrics. It's right? deeper they, they than that. And this this goes more to my perspective on it. it. It's deeper than that because if you look at the whole school system the, the way that it is, the whole reason, like in the 1800s, that it was even in, in, instituted was to make good factory workers. That's why there's a bell system. That's why people walk in lines everywhere. That's why things are so structured and rigorous uh, because it was to teach kids who may have only been farming and stuff up to that point uh, the ability to, to work in a structured system uh, to be able to go into factory work because that was going to be what life was. Um, because it was, uh, they went over to Prussia and and really saw you know like that that Eastern Europe rigor uh, and and brought that mm-hmm. back here, um, and that's not what life's like these days at all, especially in the United States. Uh, that's not what that's not the average. Even talking about teaching to the average, this is why I just dis- real. You're right about that, but I think that that's not. If they talk to the average of what real life was today. Like, you know, not just to the average student, but to the average outcome, then they wouldn't even be doing what they're doing now with teaching. I I feel very confident. Um, And so there's a very uh, almost non-existent feedback loop between the reality of the market, real life, real jobs, all that, and what is taught and how it is taught. The feedback loop that is there is not from practicality. It's from ideology. And this going back to like the whole Jordan Peterson thing, that's the problem that we're seeing right now is that you have the fundamentals of actually living real life and being a um, successful human being and, and successful even just to the extent of you're able to support yourself and your family are the the echoes from real life back into education that are required for that education to be successful are non-existent on that side but on the side of ideology and you know um um things that are not necessarily irrelevant or not necessary some of it is some of it's very relevant some of it's very necessary but not all of it is but I, that all echoes almost immediately back right and it, it's this, we, again, incentives that people respond to is that with social media, with the way things are in the news, etc., people are uh, this idea that they need to adopt these views that they don't even themselves hold uh, because they have to expand their horizons, this, that, and the other, whatever reasons are given for it. Uh, it's good to be exposed to things, sure, but to say that you must think this way, that you must feel this way about it, that's what uh, the, the the danger of things that are filtering back into um, the, uh, the education system that I think they're really bad. Mm-hmm. Because not only is it just a uh, teaching you in school thing, it's a you're a bad person if you don't do this. So it's moralizing mm-hmm. in school. That's what's really got me upset about a lot of this stuff because kids are really smart. Uh, and I'm 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 continually surprised when I talk to to and not just kids but even just young adults like you know uh, 18 to like 22 and and see you know where their mindset is about things you know there's a lot of them that buy everything that they is put in front of them hook line and sinker and it's sure. like they're just going to be a kind of an automaton robot uh, of the system in that way there's a lot of people like that but there's a lot of people that are that understand that they're getting shoveled a whole bunch of crap and mm-hmm. uh, they may not know what there is beyond that. And that's the real problem is that the crap that they're shoveled. And I'm not saying that it's all crap. That's not my point. My point is that there is some crap that's being shoveled, but because of that crap that is being shoveled, it's blinding them to a degree, uh, to what actually is out there from an understanding perspective, right? Philosophy is not taught in schools to the detriment of humanity. Philosophy is not taught in schools, any philosophy, you know, like even basic philosophy just to know about it. Um, and so that goes to your point about the whole not teaching thinking things. And I, I think that uh, there's a lot of interest that want those thinkingless autom- automatons to come out of the system. And sure. uh, that combined with the idea that, again, to your point, that education is not controlled by the parents. 
almost at all, unless you know you're well off enough to be able to uh, send your kid to private school, and you have private schools that are of sufficient quality around you to choose from. Uh, you know, and there aren't other restrictions stopping you from that because there are some in some places. Um, sure. You know, uh, the parent is 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 kind of up the creek without a paddle, and it's it's it's. The, the child is the parents. The child's not the states. The child's not the schools. Right. And the state and the school act like that child is theirs and is a pro- it's a product of them and is their properties, their chattel, really. Right. right. And and it's like that's so weird because, like, of course, the state kind of acts like that to, to adults. But at least adults are adults, right? And they can try to fend for themselves. A kid, what, what, you are molding that kid to be something by going through this process, this rigorous of a process, this this deep of a process, at a point in their life where they're just forming themselves, it's really scary what you can cause a child to be by having that kind of influence over their development. And thus, I think that uh, uh, we need to figure out a way to uh, immediately, I won't say eradicate the system, but shift the, the uh, control from the government into the parents' hands. Well, you know, something we haven't mentioned, but I think is is something worth uh, bringing up is that, you know, there has been quite the proliferation and maybe that's too strong of a word, but but at least some expa- significant expansion of homeschooling. Yes. Right. Yeah. And as parents intentionally elect and choose to homeschool. And, you know, sometimes they're they're maybe may ill equipped. Sometimes they may be extremely equipped, uh, but there are supportive and supporting um agencies that that kind of help and so there's been a lot i mean even even in in my sphere of a community uh, uh i know i know a, a number of families that have elected to to homeschool their children you know from all the way through you know k through 12 uh and then you know have them uh, choose what next step they want to to do and go with in, in their life well, I, want, um, I, want, I, I want to interrupt, interject for a second because you, you said sure. something that I, I don't know that i agree with you said the parent okay. is ill-equipped to homeschool school their child. I, what does that mean? Who decides sure. the, the the ill-equipping of of, of the parent? And, and I don't. I didn't mean that from the standpoint of some external regulatory ill-equipping. Uh, what I was talking about is, you know, maybe they didn't have a very deep education themselves. Maybe they, you know, uh, were were you know. Uh, an average student by some metric. What I'm getting at is, is maybe they, they don't feel uh, prepared or equipped or, or competent, but they're, they're serious enough about their child's education that they want to be the ones controlling it. Then I, 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 I want I to I uh, uh, make a, a distinction here. And this, you know, I'm, I, it may seem petty that I want to do this, sure. but I think that this is super important. That parent is then thus not ill-equipped. Any parent, any parent who's taking active, you know, intentional thought and in, in a role in their child's education is ultimately equipped to be able to provide the education for that child. Now, they may not be the ones providing that education directly, but I don't want. I think using the the language that that parent is ill-equipped is is dangerous because that's the kind of hook that somebody with ill intention will grab onto to say well well no i need to take i needed to take control of what your child's educated because if you're ill-equipped then how do you even know what the child needs to to be educated about i think we i think the parent is the ultimate uh well-equipped person, especially the parent who's trying to take active role in, in, in making sure that their child has a good education, mm-hmm. whether by them or right. by someone that, they, that I think that they hire or what, however they do it. I think that that yeah, is, I, it, we, we need to uphold that and we need to praise that. And we don't need to use words that can be used by other people to be twisted, to make it seem like they don't know what they're doing. Sure. And, and, and uh, absolutely your point's spot on. And I, and I agree with it and agree with the, the, the need for specific and specificity of, of languages and terms. My, my only intention was to say from the, from the parent's perspective. And I know I how you, you feel, feel like about this. So I'm not, I'm not trying care. to, I'm not trying to <laughs> rail you. So I, I, I only say that because well, for it. clarity for the audience. <laughs> we're, we're putting, we're putting something out and you want to make sure that, that the, the correct message is, is framed and it leaves little little to no room for misinterpretation correct and and I appreciate that I appreciate that um yeah it, it was uh, my perspective was you know from the from the pers- individual perspective of the parent that they may feel unqualified to do it but the fact that they they are actually moving forward with it I think is to your point it shows them to be 
uh, equipped or appropriate or you know qualified to to guide the education. And I think and it is their their authority within their authority, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, people think that that going to public school is is mandatory, and you know, with the the, the laws, it's not. It's it's mandatory. I think the law says it's mandatory that they get an appropriate education, but there are multiple ways that that can be done and appropriately and sufficiently to meet the legislative and the regulatory uh, aspects of it, which, you know, of course, is, is, is another topic about whether that should be required or not. Um, but uh, uh, the, the, whole, the whole thing there, though, is that I was trying to get at is, is that is a, a, an avenue or a, a path or a, a sub-solution to, to the, some of the ills that we, we talked about in, in the federal government and the leverage. Here's the sad part. These, these parents that are homeschooling their children, they're still paying the same taxes as everyone else. Mm-hmm. They don't get a credit because they're doing it themselves. They're, well, the same when you go to private, send it to private school, right? Right. Sure. Absolutely. And, you know, and uh, I think the, this sort of, and I'm not, don't want to go down the path right now of talking about school vouchers, but I think, I think an even better solution is, is, is optional taxes on something like that right so that you can choose to participate or not which uh you know the thing is is they the the, the government taxes takes your takes the money and then they then they use that money for, for control and leverage which is what we're you know we, we part and parcel of, of a big part of our our point here so um uh, you, you had said something that led me to to mention about the homeschooling uh that you know it's it's going to need some sort of a of a uh, of a massive change, and, and that wasn't your term, but I mean, I, I think it was a significant change in the system. And and the thing that I want to go back to, I, I think the system is the problem, not all the people. And that's the sad part. These a lot of yeah. the people, the participants, the teachers and administrators, basically are pawns and victims of the system that's been put in place, right? Because I think. Most people that go into I don't think they're a victim. I don't think they're a victim because the thing is, like you, you have the you have the ability to understand what's going on and to look into things, and and so you and when you choose voluntarily to go into something, you you take on the responsibility of whatever the consequences of that are, unless it is you know egregious, and I don't think egregious to the extent of like abuse, and I don't think that the uh, system abuses the teachers per se. Now, maybe some people in the system abuse the teachers, like on one offer or maybe even a small scale uh, sort of a way. But I think you know, on mass, it's not abuse because it's like it almost by def- definition can't be abuse that this many people would come into a system voluntarily. Well, yeah, your, your, your point, you know, your point makes good sense, but when you think in terms of, and this goes to something we've talked about before too, people not thinking for themselves. Right. And, and they, they become these, these, uh, automatons, automatons. Yeah, sure. 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 But, but, but they must still take responsibility for themselves as an adult. <laughs> Absolutely, fair point. Fair point, and and maybe victim is not the 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 the, the word. Yeah, that's my only point. They is they, are, they are they are victim. They are ignorant participants. Yeah, some are yeah. ignorant participants, right? They just don't know, right? Correct. I, I don't mean they're stupid. I don't mean that. Nation. They they're nation. The there's look. a difference. There's the word right. ignorance, and then there's nations. Ignorance is you know, but you ignore. Nations is I just never knew. And so the, the, that's that's what I was referring to. Those you know when I use the the term victim. Because they they have in their minds and hearts what they thought were pure and, and honorable objectives and, and and values about it, but they they didn't get past the surface to understand. Some do, right? That's why you see a lot of them leaving public education and going into private education because there's a lot more control uh, on the, the 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 whole system and the and the whole processes and the principles under which and the values too, right? I mean the, that that's a problem that. Uh, you know, we're we're seeing now more than I think in in past generations that there are values based differences. Um, you know that that are taught, and and because of all other financial pressures, that the local governments uh, uh, sort of capitulate to these other um, values. And you mentioned this too: the, the values that are taught um, that kind of go against social mores or social. Uh, values of the local community right. and again that goes to something that you mentioned earlier uh, last time about you know you, you can't see how you know a group of more than 12 you know you're saying a very small group could can reflect all the values of the group 
you know, completely, right? Because there, there are so many different ways of looking at things. And that just multiplies and exacerbates the situation, in my estimation, to, to a great extent. And even uh, amplifies your point that it's going to require something major and significant uh, shifting and changing. Um, and it, it can only come from the bottom up because yeah. the, the system has way too much inertia, has way too much power, uh, money, translate that as money, and uh, and too much. Not just not just money though. It's also it's also to the point that you had mentioned a second ago. Uh, uh, regulation of curriculum and like the topics right. that are taught. I mean, that's a don't let's not forget how important that is. Sure, absolutely, and and the things that aren't taught, right? Correct. And, and the, yeah. yeah, the way that they're yeah they they are taught in um, framed and how they're taught the, 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 the narrative and the stories uh, by which they're delivered, right. With a, with a mission and objective rather than, you know, knowledge and education. It's uh it's to shift. And, and, well, you, and you this, this is, of- uh, uh, and this is again, an, an aside, but something that I really believe in every day that I live, I believe it more. Um, education is not something that you can get from somebody else. Education is something you must do for yourself always. Right. And and yeah. that I think is the crux of what uh, so many people miss about the system. I think I think there are many teachers that don't understand that. I think there most yeah. students don't understand that. I think most parents don't understand. That. I think most administrators don't understand that. And it's like no, it's again passing the buck. People don't want to take responsibility for their own education, and yes. and and combined with some people. Uh, having the whole and and I'm this is almost pejorative. It is pejorative, but I'm going to say it anyway. Whole th- think about the kids attitude, right? It's like yes, we should definitely think about the children, and we should try to help the children who are in need that we can help. But we should not force the parents to give us their children to help them. And right. I think a lot of this is that people don't realize that education is you don't learn something until you do it yourself until you learn it yourself until you go through it yourself period and i mean you can you can remember remember facts but just mm-hmm. knowing facts isn't as usually a sufficient way to make your way through life uh although there are a lot of people who try to do that um that that reminds me of of the uh, uh the video that i did uh on my personal channel uh, a few weeks ago where I quoted Socrates, he said the best decisions are not based on facts, but on knowledge. Sure. And there's a, there's a tremendous, tremendous amount of truth in that. And I think you just, you, you hit it you know, head on that people learn and remember facts, but that without a context, that without an application, that without a personal experience is nothing more than a list of numbers or, or, you know, truths or, 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 or uh, Statistics, right? right? They, they in and of themselves, and I should pull truth out of that because that's that's very different than those others. But it's it's just it's just a measurement. It's just a number. It's just a a statistic, and they don't they don't do anything but exist, right? Right? They don't they don't draw any values. They don't draw any conclusions. They don't draw any social application. They don't draw any business application, any scientific application, whatever. Uh, the that's where the the knowledge comes in, and 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 to your point, I think that, that that's. Uh, apropos is education. That's where education comes in is when those things have a context and have an experience and, and, and the wisdom that comes from, from and knowledge that comes from those uh, experiences and firsthand uh, uh, connection with, with facts and, and, and things and, that are learned. And uh, having that intake from that knowledge, from that experience from multiple sources, right? Yes. Your own experience for sure, if that's possible, but if it's not possible, multiple different people who have different perspectives, different life paths, different everything, different contexts that they're coming to it from, what they say about it. And then you have to take all of that and then kind of abstract some commonality across it. That's And, and that's difficult. And, that's, and understandably, sure. that's difficult. And so we want to optimize. Again, humans are uh, creatures of optimization. We want to optimize that and make it efficient to uh, understand but we can only do that so far at scale. Scale is the problem, right? Scale is really the problem because like uh, at some point it's going to become so impersonal that um what's a word? I, I 
becomes forces uh, 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 and people who don't have uh, intentions and goals aligned with yours will be the ones to dictate what you are or aren't doing that's the and that's the problem um i mean that's the, the <laughs> that's uh maybe maybe the ultimate problem with everything but uh that's what happens right mm-hmm and it's 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 rough, man. Um, I want to go back, uh, I, I, if if you don't mind, um, to sure. a, a couple things that uh, I meant to mention. One I meant to mention earlier, and one something you said uh, kind of scratched my brain about it. Uh, you'd mentioned about school vouchers, uh, which uh, mm-hmm. for those of you not aware, the school voucher uh, idea is that um, you're paying taxes. Some of those taxes are for schools. Uh, well, then what we'll do is we'll kind of uh, Instead of making you go to the school that you're in the district of, we'll give you credit, basically, a voucher of credit um, for that much money that you paid the taxes for that you can go and use wherever you want. I mean, maybe there's public schools that you can redeem it at. Maybe there's private schools and that you can redeem it there. And then those, those private schools take that voucher and give it to the government. Government gives them the money that's uh, you know equivalent to that voucher. Um, so the idea there is to be able to port the money that you pay for taxes for schools anywhere for schools that can take those vouchers. I think on the surface, it's a better idea than what we have. But I think the real problem then is that, uh, well, okay, well, who administers the voucher system? And who says who can accept those vouchers and who can redeem those vouchers to the government for the money? That's going to be a problem because, like, if you have, like, a very uncon, like, if you have a parent who wants to send their child to a very unconventional school because, like, they have very unconventional ideas, that's totally fine. That is a totally fine situation for a, a, a parent to send their kid to an unconventional school because, like, I think, like, unschooling, stuff like that, right? I don't know mm-hmm. if, if you've heard about that, unschooling. I, I won't go into it, but it, suffice to say, Google the term unschooling and you'll find a lot about it. Um, what what if the federal government says, well, no, we're not going to uh, uh, give the money for the voucher to an unschooling system or unschooling parents who are unschooling even, right? Because that's the whole idea is that mm-hmm. even if you're homeschooling, you could uh, get the money directly for uh, sure. the, from the government. And what they say, we'll, we'll do anywhere but homeschooling. It's like any of this kind of stuff, there, there, there's, you're just shifting the control mechanism. You're not really making things better. The way that you make things better right. is that you pull it out of the system, Um I really think what you have to do is uh, uh, stop taxing for schools. But then then there's still a problem there, too. Well, who decides how much of that tax was actually for schools? You can look and see mm-hmm. where they maybe earmarked it for schools or however they do that and separate that money. But they're just going to say, well, we don't do that much anymore. Here, here you get half of that amount. And it's like mm-hmm. it's just going to be another control mechanism. It's really problematic, and 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 pulling it out is going to be really problematic. And then there's the flip side of that: the people are going to say, "Well, you're going to get money, but the only place you're going to be able to afford going to school is public schools." Um, and I think that in a real free market, that's not would not be true. But the problem is that it's not going to really be a free market. Uh, there's, there's a lot of discussion to be around that. So it's a real <laughs> it's a real complicated, tangled issue. Um, it is to be honest, yeah. but it's it's. And, and, and- <laughs> Go ahead. That was entropic, but you, you, right. You know, you you made, you made a comment earlier about where the origin around the origin of the organized you know, educational system came out of the eighteen hundreds and and sort of what sort of the a, a primary, if not formally stated, certainly a de facto purpose was to prepare you know people to work in factories, right? And the rigid the rigidity of schedule and and things of that sort, you know. But people, when they think of the educational system, they think, well, it has existed forever. Right. Right. It, it is. It is. It is sacrosanct. It is, you know, untouchable. It's. It's something we can't. We can't choose to dismantle. We can't choose to, you know, you know, radically uh, revolutionize how how we do this. And and I'm using generalizations. There's a, not everybody thinks that way, but but behavior may you know leads people to, to sort of perceive that that's the perspective they have about it. Um, but when you take a step back and look and go, it's only been around for, you know, some limited number of generations. Prior to that, people got educated. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't as formal as, you know, as, as we like to think that it is now. I got question if people are still getting educated very well. Uh, through that educational system. They're getting herded through the system. Well, I mean, you got to think, think about what what is the point of education? Like, what is the point of education? Mm-hmm. Right now, it's to get it's to get 
pieces of paper in their no, hands. No, 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 no. I mean, generally, not, 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 not well, what, how does it um, play fun. out? What, what is the point yeah. of education? The point of education is that right. so that you can live a successful life, so that you know what you need to know to be able to function as a human being, as a member of society. Of society. Um, and uh, the reality is we're so advanced as a species now, that bar is really low. That bar is really, really low, right? There's some people mm-hmm. who can't because of, you know, uh, uh, psychological reasons, sure. you know, uh, mental reasons. Um, and, you know, we need to figure out how, support. right, we need to figure out how we can take care of those people. Absolutely. That's a completely separate issue. But for everybody mm-hmm. who's capable, that bar is really, really low. I mean, stupidly right. low. Like, uh, oh. That, that that was a poor choice of a- adverb, but it, it's actually uh, ironically apropos or interestingly apropos. Uh, it, it is right. is very low. You don't have to have a whole lot of education. You don't have to have a whole lot of knowledge. You don't have to be in any way particularly intelligent to be able to function in society right now. Now, uh, I know that there's going to be a lot of people that argue about poverty and this, that, and the other, and it's, yes, that exists. Yes, that's a problem. Yes, we need to do things to uh, help uh, address that. And the way that we do that is not by you know handouts and all that kind of stuff. It's Again, this goes back to something I said in a previous episode. It's not by having a system that takes care of all the in- individuals. It's about having a system that helps build up all the individuals to be strong enough to take care of themselves and those around them. Because we need those pillars, right? We have to keep building everybody as a pillar to support everything. To support themselves and they're part of the everything. And then if everybody's supporting their part of the everything, then we'll have the strongest superstructure you can imagine. Because that's the way right. that we've that's that's the uh, that's the whole idea of the Enlightenment in Western uh, you know Western philosophy just generally is that that's possible right we can uh, you know have the uh, we can understand these things about life that will allow us to build ourselves strong and to stand for ourselves our family and those around us in a way that if we all do that it's it's a much better society um, so. Uh, Man, I've gone on a real big tangent. I'm trying to remember back where <laughs> where I started this, but uh, I, I think the the oh the bar is really low for that, and and, and we've definitely got to uh, uh, help those that that still are struggling to to go past that bar. No doubt about it. Um, but as that relates to education, there's not a whole lot you need to know, especially with the advent of of computers and social media and things like that. It, it, that's pushed that even lower, right? Because, like, yeah, you need to know a little bit about math, but you don't need to know anything nearly about math now like maybe you needed to two decades ago, three decades ago, right? Uh, where, like, three decades ago, let's say, you know, you really wanted to know a good bit about math if you wanted to go into any kind of an office setting. You don't really need to now because I mean you got you got spreadsheets, you got calculators, you got all kinds of software that will do all software. kinds of specific calculations for you. Right. All you need to know is what it represents, right? So again, we're abstracting, abstracting, abstracting. All you need to know is kind of the ideas and how that idea translates into uh, uh, the, a little bit of the lower level uh, uh, practicality of it. Uh, and that doesn't take a whole lot of education, right? And in fact, a lot of that is very specific kinds of education that can be done in a very condensed way, so much so that most jobs expect you to know basically nothing when you come in, and they teach you everything right. you know. And as long as you have that, right. that capacity to learn, then you're fine. Um, and in fact, that's the way that it was with my career in software development. I knew nothing about software development when I started, and uh, my uh, uh, boss at the time, he's like, to me, your your degree doesn't mean anything. It just means that you can show up on time for a test, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, and that means something. Don't get me wrong. That certainly means something mm-hmm. because especially in the context of work, you need to be able to show up on time. You need to be able, be able to be diligent about doing the work. Um, but from there, like I, I came in knowing nothing and having aptitude and learned very quickly because I had, I had pretty high aptitude and, and enjoyed what I was doing. And so, you know, you learn faster when you enjoy what you're doing. And was able to function. I was on a significant project within two weeks of me, probably less than that, of me being at this place. Uh, because, one, they had a pretty good idea of how to instruct people along this path of learning uh, to get up and running. And, two, because like I said I had the interest, I had uh, higher than average aptitude. 
But that's the way I think in my experience a lot of places are. Like even if you go to school for something specific, like mechanical engineering, you go into to a mechanical an engineering firm, you're not gonna be doing exactly what you learned in school day one. You're gonna be learning how that business runs. You're gonna be learning about their projects, you're gonna be learning about how they do their projects, how they what their process is around the different tasks that need to be done. So you have to learn a lot of specific things when you go to work for an organization that you will never be able to learn in any sort of formal education uh, environment. And so I I think that that's a a very understated in society right now. Sure. Even if the education was geared toward one specific company, one specific type of of, uh, usage of that uh, information, that, that knowledge, if you were to switch to somewhere else, it might not be relevant. Correct. You know, and, and that leads me to what you're, what you're saying, that the bar is, is low and people go, gosh, you know, we're not, we're, we're setting a lower bar on what we expect out of education. No, not at all. It's, it's what's expected across the board. Then what's needed specifically and individually, that's where you can go deep or high, whichever the metaphor you want to use. You know, uh, like what you said, you, you get on the job training, you get a specific uh, uh, knowledge on what you're asking, being asked to do. And then as the person chooses, like what you mentioned, when you got into software, you have a, someone has a particular aptitude for something and a desire and an interest. They will learn more on their own that they can then come and apply. But they they will important. go. They will have actual education. That's my point. Right. Right. As we went back, mentioned earlier about the the the, the facts or the the things that they can remember now become knowledge because they apply them because yeah. they use them. They have firsthand you know experience with that with that knowledge that, that they've or with that those facts and those uh, pieces of data that they've remembered. And one that thing that I'll say, and this is maybe a little me being a little cheeky, but I'll say it. Uh, you're, you're saying we need to lower the bar for education? Yeah, definitely. Definitely we do. Because we need to get people to be able to be in the real world earlier, to be able to function earlier, to be able to make society even better. Because we can. Because we can. We've proven that we can. And what we're doing is we're retarding our growth as a species by making kids go in circles for you know however many years. Because And that's what it was. I guarantee you, I've learned the same dang things so many different years in a row learned in, in, in a row mm-hmm. in this in these, this school system that it makes no sense. And I know that, you, oh, you got to reiterate for people who don't pick it up. Sure, absolutely. That's fine. That's fine for them. Let's unlock everybody to where they need to be. You know, you need individualized right. education. You talk to any teacher who's like a real true from the heart teacher, they will tell you that they know that they need they need an IEP, individual education plan, which is what you normally do for, you know, somebody who, who has special education. Uh, but th- they, they understand the applicability of that to all students and then how beneficial that would be for all students it's just that doesn't scale but guess what it could scale if we could unlock the system to to be at a real marketplace of uh, of need service the way that all almost all other marketplaces are uh, in, in this most important place it's like don't you want the system that gives you the best solution for the for the least cost in the most important place in education, if you think education is important, of course you would, right? Well, why, why do you allow it for like makeup or like uh, uh, beard products or, you know, like uh, musical instruments? Like you allow it for all of right. that, right? Which is, uh, yep. you know, and those are important things too, don't get me wrong. Um, but I mean, are they as important as edu- education? Maybe they are, depending on who you are. But some people, many people would say it's not. Education is more important. Great. Why don't we have yep. that kind of a system that allows for that competition, that allows for that increase in level of service? service and decrease in cost rather than artificially Three. keeping it. Oh, I know why, but I'm just saying, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but go ahead. Which goes back to, to the beginning, going back to the beginning of this conversation, you know, when I, when I mentioned about the, sta- the standardized testing and the, and the financials, right? The, those two things are, are the incentive or the, the roadblock yeah. to doing what you described. Yeah. And, and so we, we have to we have to figure out a way to decompose those or destruct those in such a way that permits the the, the actual progress that's uh, that would be needed for that type of an educational solution set. The good thing uh, is, and I, uh, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, and, and, and I I for one would love to see, and 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 you know, and I feel like a lot of people that would hear me say this are, are saying that, that, you know, I'm, I'm being disrespectful to the people that were part of my educational process. And, and I, in no way do I mean to do that. There, there's some, I encountered some wonderful, wonderful people in the educational system through my years. And I also encountered a few that should have been in a different career. Agreed, uh, and I'll leave that at, at that. Um, 
but that doesn't, uh, I don't think that's the case. I, I, my, my points are all about the system. Right. And when I say the system, I'm talking about what we've talked about, the, the control or the federal government who has the least insight, who has the least insight to what in one indivi- any individual child needs. Uh, they wield the greatest control and they wield the greatest control through regulations, but also through finances and then, and then the financials. And then what the system and the, the local entities do is they, they subscribe, if you will, to the standardized testing, because that's what, that's the lever that they have to control the amount of funding or the degree of funding that they get. And it's easier and, to uh, do. It's a lazy way out. Cause we can put it into computers sure. and the computer can figure it out for us. That's that's right. really uh, I think insidious. One one thing that I will say, uh, and and I think we probably need to wrap up here pretty soon. But one one thing that I want to say is, um, I do not believe that systemically education cares about preparing children for the real world at all. And I have proof. Here's my proof. Where and when ever do we teach all kids how to pay taxes? When and wherever do we teach all kids about finance and how to manage your money? When and where do we teach kids about what money actually is? When and where do we ever teach kids about how to provide value for compensation so that you can survive as a human? Where and when do we teach kids that all these things are necessary for a productive, successful life? We don't ever anywhere, and it, and, it, and it is taboo to even bring up such a thing. That is ridiculous. We could burn down everything else about education that it is, and only taught those things, and we would be more successful at creating well-integrated humans into society. Absolutely, and equipped, equ- integrated, and equipped. Right, you know, humans. No question about that. We're, we're, we're independent and would be much more free-thinking than the society we have right now. Sure, but again, uh, that's that's not the objective of the the machinery and and the the, uh, the system that is because everybody thinks that they know better what somebody else should be doing, and that's that's right. really what it comes down to. And it comes a lot of it comes from a great place. And I again, I want to want to ratchet back to a positive note. It comes from a great place because many many of these people care so deeply and i do Absolutely. too and i think sure. the, the the fundamental difference of our perspectives on things is okay just don't force me to adopt your perspective and i won't force you to adopt my perspective that is Absolutely. my position is, isn't that isn't that a very liberal attitude i mean from the yes. standpoint of the truest sense of, of, of being of being liberal yes that, absolutely uh, uh, and and so I think it's been you know a lot of a lot of words have been misappropriated in in, in that regard. So um, and and I think anyone on the, the entire spectrum of, of philosophical beliefs like that should should be willing to, to at least entertain and and you know if you want to do what you want to do, great, that's fine. Let me do what I want to do, and then you know we'll we'll find you know uh, peace and, and agreement in, in that, even though we have things that we don't agree. Which is great. I'm I'm fine with that as well. The only way we'll find peace is to to understand that there are differences among us and accept those di- allow for those differences among us. If 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 we don't, when we try to homogenize things, that's when we get real problems. And I think people have been deceived into not understanding that many of the things that the government does is an attempt, whether directly or obliquely, at homogenization. For efficiency, yeah, and that's the problem. But guess what? You want to you want to take that to the extreme? That's exactly what communism is. Eventually, that's mm-hmm. where you're going to get when you try to homogenize and optimize. Well, all right, sir. Uh, this was this was a good discussion. I mean, I, I feel somewhat of a of a catharsis uh, <laughs> experience through through this discussion because I've you know I've had strong points of view about the state of the educational system. Um, and you know, uh, my concern is that, um, it, they be constructive and, and I yeah. feel very much like we represented very constructive perspectives, uh, critical, critical, but constructive. Um, and, and I feel, I feel good about what we've, uh, what we've discussed today. And, and I would love to continue, you know, uh, further, uh, digging into this topic among some of the others that we, we broached as well. I mean, the whole yeah. thing of, 
of vouchers and and you know uh, the local control and parental involvement and control. Uh, there, there's a lot of a lot of opportunity for us to to share some th- some of our thinking in those topics. I got a, a quick coda a quick coda for you here, a little post credit scene thing that maybe we can use okay. to s- inspire a, a subsequent conversation on the education system. And this goes to the point that you made early on about um, how uh, after you graduated college, about 1980 or so, that the mm-hmm. system really changed to be focused on standardized tests, this, that, and the other. Well, you know what happened in 1980 that made that happen? What happened in 1980? The creation of the Department of Education. Is that right? Yep, 1980. I did not, did not know that. I did not remember that. That speaks a lot. It speaks loudly, doesn't it? Yep, yep. So... Well, you know, there's there's another topic, and I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there. When the government gets involved, it never improves. It's the, Let me just leave that. I think you probably said this before. Is the the Ronald Ronald Reagan quote the worst? The sentence you could ever hear is, "I'm from the government, and I'm here to help." Right, <laughs> right. The oxymoron or the paradoxical statement. Yeah. Well, all, all right, right, sir. Good time, uh, Dole. I, I appreciate your I appreciate you taking some time to to speak with me here and, and hearing me rant. Yeah. Oh, no problem. It's, it's, we, we do have slightly different views on certain things, but I think some of that's generational. But from a philosophical perspective, I think we have a lot of parallels, and uh, at least on the, the intent. Um, yeah. And, you know, and that also full agreement that what's, what's there now ain't working. Yes. And, or at least not working as it should. It's, it's working in, in limited cases, but, but it could work infinitely better. No Certainly. question about it. All, All right, right, sir. Uh, Good day to you. You as well. uh, And we will talk to you next time.